hello and welcome to another episode of Heal, Pray, Grow podcast. This is your girl, Tanisha Johnson, aka TJ Self Care. I'm the founder of TJ Self Care and I'm your codependency expert. So, first off, I just want to start by saying I'm sure you were like, is Tanisha really going to do another podcast like she says she is? <laughs> Yes, yes, the tour, as I stated before, is officially over. Um, my second book is officially done. I am going through the last round of edits. Uh, for those of you who may not know, I have written, uh, this will be my second book. So my first book is entitled When Depression and Anxiety Have a Voice, uh, which you can currently find on my website, tjselfcare.com. Or you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, um, Books a Million. So anywhere that you purchase your books, you can find my book. However, of course, if you get it on my website, I could give it to you with my beautiful signature. So that's why I always encourage people to get it from my site. But today I want to jump right in to it. So the topic for today is when you see your ex after healing. And I just want to give a disclaimer that I may be doing a lot of sniggles and giggles this episode. So hopefully you like my little laugh. I've been told I have a very unique laugh. So hopefully you like my little laugh because you may be hearing it a lot today. So you probably already know what I'm about to say, but this episode came about because I saw one of my exes. And when I tell you, (laughs) when I tell you this man was looking toe down, from the flow down, okay? I don't know if y'all watch Martin, but if you remember that episode, Shanene was like, um, toe up from the flow up, I damn near threw up, okay? <laughs> like, when I saw him, I was just, and it wasn't even really about on a no judgmental stuff. It was really about, wow, how broken was I when I was engaged in a relationship with this man and actually thought that he was attractive. Like, where was I at? And it just kind of compelled me. um, And I wanted us to talk about it in more detail because for many of us, it's like our past represents a part of us, right? And for those that are on our healing journey, our past kind of represents how broken we were, how well we did not know ourselves, how much effort people didn't have to put into being with us, and how we were just really just out here giving ourselves to anybody. Like anybody that showed us some kindness was sweet, we just like was up in arms, you know, if they had the right words, if they had the, uh, what they call it, the gift gab, right? If they had that, then we were like, oh my God, this is the most amazing person in the world. And, and let me tell you, this particular ex that I saw today, 
he he represents all of them. When I see all my exes, I'll be like, ooh. And luckily, like with all of them, there's like, there's not really any bad blood per se. Um, so, you know, I'm always able to wave, say hello. Hey, how you doing? But every time I see one of them, I'll be like, man, did you always look like that? <laughs> like, and again, not even like on a, on a like judgmental view. This is just more of like a, just how someone is put together, you know, it's like their choice of words, how they communicate, how they put their clothes together, you know, like one of my exes used to wear like plaid with like a pink top or some shit and it's like what the fuck like like what do you have on like so i'm just like that type of stuff right and more so like character stuff you know like is this person really somebody that i would have been able to grow with is this person really somebody that i were have chosen if i knew my own worth my own value you know what I'm saying? And for most of the time with mine, I can say it's a no. Like, it's a no for me, dog. Like, if I was the Tanisha that I was right now, I would have not chosen you. Like, period. I would not have. But, you know, we live, we learn. But the biggest thing that I want us to talk about today is how do we get to this point? Like, how how do these people end up in our lives? How do they get to, connected to us? Because a big part of healing from codependency is us being able to really look at, okay, who are the people I'm attracting? Why am I attracting these people? Are there certain things about me that are attracting these people? right? Am I seeing the red, the red lights? And, you know, I'm not sure how many of you follow me on Instagram, uh, on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and on Facebook, I'm TJ Self Care. So follow me. Uh, but generally, like, we tend to look at red flags. And it's not that codependents and people pleasers don't see the red flags. Like, we see them. Like, don't listen to all these people, you know, and all these books that tell you you don't know how to identify the red flags and and all this old stuff. That's not the situation. It's not that we don't see the red flags. We see the red flags and we think that we could turn them green. We think that we are the savior that this person needs. We see what we want to see and the things that we the the things that we also see we see those things too but we tell ourselves oh well I know how to fix that or I can help them with this or this is the resource for this oh that's not that bad and it's like yes it is that bad but because we have been conditioned to believe that we are these people who could come into other people's lives and just shift their whole perspective, we fail to see when that's just impossible and it's not fair to us. 
And even for the people that we have been able to work miracles for, that wasn't fair to us to be in those situations where we had to do that. So one of the reasons how we get caught in these situations is because from the beginning, we don't have the right framework. We don't have the right core beliefs to really be able to connect to people that can support us, nurture us, and value us in their life. And I'm going to tell you why. So as I've stated before, you know, with codependency, we, in order for you to be a people pleaser and codependent, you have to fall in certain categories when it comes to your upbringing. Generally, every single person that struggles with people pleasing and codependency, you either had a parent that was one, struggling with mental health disabilities, two, had a physical disability, three, struggled with drug and alcohol usage to the point where they could not take care of you, four, this person was just a teen parent or a young parent that didn't have a lot of knowledge on how to take care of themselves, therefore they struggled to take care of you. When that arises, people find ways to survive. Even as children, we found a way to survive. And the way that we survived was by us learning early on how to meet the needs of our parent or our caregivers. In turn, if we never learn any other way to be in relationships with people, we are still now, even as adults, even though it may not be necessary anymore, we are still using people-pleasing and codependency as a way to connect with people. So codependency is like the actual behavior pattern. It's a lifestyle. I say it's a lifestyle. Now, that's not my clinical opinion. That is just my personal opinion from going through it myself and helping hundreds of other clients. It's a lifestyle because codependency literally comes in, it's almost like weeds to grass. Like it literally comes in and it can just destroy every single aspect of your life because it's a relationship-based issue. So it shows up in every single relationship, work, school, home, friends, marriages, dating, parents, parenting, for those of us who have children. Yes, you could be a codependent parent. I need to do a podcast about that. It's like it shows up in every single area of our life. It gets engraved in us. Therefore, we truly, truly believe that we are these people. We say things like, well, I've always have a big heart or I just love helping people. And that's fine. That's fine. But the concern is, Do you know it's okay to take a break? Do you know that the best way to help anybody is by first helping yourself, taking care of your needs? When is the last time you asked yourself how you doing? 
When is the last time you took an extra four or five minutes in the shower? When is the last time you did something fun? When is the last time your partner thought about you first? And your friend, friends' relationships with your, you know, with your guy friends or your girlfriends, who's generally the first person to call who? Is it you? Are you the one in the group text first? Are you the one that's checking in with everybody first? I want you to ponder on these questions because if you're pondering and trying to figure out, well, when is the last time somebody called me? Or when is the last time I did something for myself? That's the indication that you're lacking self-care. And we really have to consider if we're lacking self-care, if we're lacking the ability to see the red flags and see them for what they are, not see them as, as signs of things that we need to fix in somebody. If all of these things are true, then what type of people are we connecting to? What type of people are we allowing in our life? So what you generally will find is that you have narcissists, you have people that are emotionally unstable, and you have people that cannot support you in your circle. That's what we find. And from there, we start to put the pieces together and we really start to identify, okay, this is the reason why I don't ask my friends for help. This is the reason why I don't call my family. This is the reason why I do get in these crazy relationships with these girls or these guys that can't support me, right? They got the plaid pants on and the pink top, <laughs> right? Because we are thinking that we can somehow morph and change these people into the people that we want them to be. And we think that they're going to see how great we are. They're going to see that the plans that we that we have for them is best. Once they get a taste of what it's like to be in a relationship with us, they're just going to be so excited. And they're going to make all these changes. And everything is going to be sweet like candy and amazing like sugar. <laughs> and everything is just going to work out. And then when it doesn't, how do we feel? We feel betrayed. We feel used. We feel abandoned. We be saying stuff to ourselves like, man, I gave this person all this time, and now this is how they're treating me. I could have had this one. I could have had that one. I could have had a bad one. All these things that we say. And so what we need to really start to do is to ask ourselves, what exactly do we need in a relationship? And then actively seek that out without fear. Now, that's the hard part. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm not one of those people that be talking and, um, you know, and just, just be talking 
and and not applying. I want you to know that I apply every single thing that I talk to you guys about. Every single thing. I was scared to date for a long time because I just kept attracting narcissists and it was scary. You know, it's like everywhere I went, like, damn, here we go. And sometimes I could see them, you know, like it, it, it got to the point where within like the first two months, I knew that they were one. Now I also, you know, don't want to just be randomly using the word narcissist and, you know, and stuff like that. Cause it is something that has to be, you know, diagnosed and stuff like that in the DSM, you know, but you know, because I have experience, you know, I have clinical experience, you know, I have done diagnosis. I can tell you off top with me, they were narcissists. They were. Um, everything was about them. So the difference between like a person that's just not connected with you and a narcissist is that that narcissist is going to be all about them. Like, it's never about you. Like, say, for example, like, I was dating this guy, and, like, he used to ask me, like, where you want to go? And he would give me, like, three or four examples of places that he wanted to go. And here I am, you know, I'm just excited to be with him. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm not knowing that these are all three, four places that he already wanted to go. I found that out later. He would do stuff like, oh, I want to take you on a shopping spree. And then we go shopping, and he only buying, I can only buy stuff that he likes. If he don't like it, I can't buy it. And then he would try to make me feel bad while I'm spending my money on you. What? What? <laughs> like, well, yeah, I appreciate that, but shouldn't I be able to pick out the stuff that I like? Like, why are you? The math ain't mathing. I don't understand. But back then, I didn't know what I know now. And so I was looking at it like, oh, Tanisha, this is somebody that's, you know, trying to be supportive, that's trying to, you know, love you. Like he's doing all the things that you've wanted a guy to ever do for you. And you just up here like taking, you know, just taking it for granted. Like you up here just like, oh, okay. Well, I want X, Y, Z. I would say, y'all would say things to myself like, Tanisha, you're being selfish. And it's not being selfish. So it's like a narcissist, you know, what I'm trying to say is they will pretty much like make every single thing that you do about them. Your world has to revolve around them. Whereas somebody that's just not for you, you know, they may do stuff like, you know, ghost you. You know, they may do stuff like, you know, not not show up on time or not be there when you need them, be MIA when you got like a lot of stuff going on. And all those things are really are really sad, you know, and they're hurtful, you know, um, that I just wanted to describe, you know, the difference. But it's like either way, it's a possibility that you have both inside your circle. I know I did. I had both. Like, I had people that made me no good in my circle. 
They couldn't support me. They were emotionally unstable. And then I also had like narcissists, you know? And so it was just exhausting. And when I saw, you know, one of my exes over this, over this past weekend, I was like, I definitely want to talk about this because when we get out of these toxic relationships, right, and not toxic people, I want you to, if you don't remember anything else I say in these 30 minutes, I want you to really consider stop calling people toxic. People are not toxic, That is not healthy. That is not a good way to to view people. Behavior is toxic. Everybody has the ability to change. People have to want to do it, yes. But the person as God made them is not toxic. The behavior that they're using in order to cope and survive and live in this world is toxic, right? Therefore, because they use that toxic behavior on us and with other people, that's what makes the relationship now toxic because now this person is using all of these bags of tricks that they have to make us feel like they care about us when they don't, to make us feel like we're crazy and they're right and we can't rely on our own brain because we don't know what we want or what we need and nobody else is going to want us. All the tricks that they do is crazy. I remember one time I told this guy, I said, you know, I really want us to stop doing X, Y, Z. And he was just like, are you sure? Are you sure that's what you want? That's gaslighting. It's like narcissists do little stuff like that to make you feel like you crazy, which it, it which makes it then a toxic relationship, right? Because now, you know, you're acting crazy they acting crazy, but trying to act like they're not. And now it's just this revolving cycle of abuse, you know, emotional abuse, rejection, abandonment over, right? It's like a cycle of, I love you. I can't stand you. I hate you. You crazy. Oh my God, you're the only one for me. I love you. I can't stand you. You're crazy. Oh my God, you're the only one for me, (laughs) right? And it's just like this cycle that goes on and on and on and on and on like a clock. And it's crazy. And that's what makes the relationship itself toxic. But the person itself is not toxic, okay? But we connect to these people because we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are and we don't know what we need. All we know is how to meet the needs of others. And unstable people, narcissists, people that mean us no good, they have no plans for their life, they have nothing going on worth being excited about. And so we come along and they got all these needs, needs to be loved, validated, And here we are to feel them. 
with this ex that I saw over the weekend, when I tell y'all, I used to be exhausted in this relationship. I used to think that I used to sleep good because he was just so amazing. And knowing that he loved me, I just was so happy. And so I would just go to bed at night, you know, with the phone in my hand, just dozed off, sleeping. And looking back, I was sleeping because I was exhausted, okay? This man was draining me with his issues. I was going to sleep with the phone in my hand because he was steady talking about some stuff. Steady needing emotional support to the point that it was just exhausting. I was like, oh my God, would you please stop texting me about this same thing? He used to go on and on about how he don't like this person. He don't like this person. He don't like his job. He don't like his weight. So what are you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, we talking about it. What are you going to do about it? And then here I am, you know, little miss codependent, I call myself. And I didn't know. I'm thinking that this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm in a relationship with this man. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to listen to him until I'm exhausted. I'm supposed to help him with every single thing that he needs. This is my gift. My gift is to support others. So why not support him, right? Because it's going to benefit me. Because when he starts to feel better, he's going to be like, oh, my God, what am I ever? What would I have ever done without my Tanisha? She was just amazing, right? And I know that's what you was thinking, too. Or maybe you still are thinking that. And I don't want you to beat yourself up. If anything, I want you to learn from my story, right? That these are things that we have to just take note of and ask ourselves, you know, why was I like that? What was my meaning behind constantly exhausting myself with this person? And am I saying that you have to consider changing every single aspect of your life? Absolutely not. I don't want you to do that. However, I want you to consider what would it look like if you poured into people who could actually pour into you too? Because now this is a different dynamic. Because when we come along kind, sweet, empathetic, very resourceful, giving, kind, et cetera, et cetera, when we come against these narcissists, people that mean us no good and emotionally unstable people, they are like a cup with a hole in it. And so it doesn't matter how much of us we pour in it. It is always, always going to be pouring out. This person is always going to need more. Always. Please, please listen to me when I tell you this. I have been going through this for the last, let me see, I'm 38 now. When I first started healing from codependency, I was 30. When I'm telling you the first 30 years of my life, do you hear me? Over and over and over. It's it's never, it's never going to be enough. 
never. That's why we have to make the decision, how long am I going to be doing this? Because this is the difference. When you pouring into somebody that can pour into you, now this is an even flow. It's like a little river that's going back and forth, you know, or like a waterfall. It's like your cup get a little empty, this person pouring to you, and now you overflowing. They cup get a little empty, you pouring into them, and now they cup overflowing. And it's really like a little seesaw, you know, beautiful, beautiful. But when we're dealing with people, they got that hole at the bottom, it's a wrap. You ain't, they ain't never going to be able to pour it to you because they ain't going to have enough. And because we think that we these amazing people <laughs> who can change people's lives, we just keep, keep finding ways to fill it up, keep finding ways to fill it up. All the while, they don't even know we barely struggling to fill up our own. We are barely scraping up enough in our own cup to pour into them. We truly praying, hoping, wishing, and believing that one day we're going to pour enough in them because we tire and we need them. And that don't never happen. And that's why it's not fair to us to be in those type of relationships because we never, ever really get our needs met. Never. And it's not right. And so I really want you to think today, you know, how many relationships do I have where it flows like that waterfall? It has that seesaw effect like Tanisha was talking about. I really want you to do it. You know, if you are, if you're at home listening to this or, you know, if you're getting ready to be home or, or be in a space where you can just reflect, even get out a sheet of paper and write. I really want you to think about how many relationships are benefiting you, you as a person, not you benefiting them. How many relationships are benefiting you? Because the goal here that we want to reach is we want you to feel like your cup is full. When you are connecting and engaging with people, I want you to feel like, oh my God, this is amazing. I could talk to this person all day long. Notice how I said I, as in you, you can talk to this person all day long. You, as an individual, you can talk to this person all day long. And I really, really want you to think about ways that you can start to center yourself first and also identify your needs, you know? So I want to tell you now that when you are on my email listing, okay, you get invited to exclusive, exclusive meetings with me. Me and my email list have a ball. I send them out Zoom links and we have our little 
tea time where I talk about a topic and we all just engaged. One of the reasons why I do that is because I want us to really be able to have these conversations and this dialogue and I want to support you. Now, this last one I had, it was a kickstart to um, my virtual workshop that's coming up Saturday, September 10th. Um, if you go to tjselfcare.com, um, if you scroll down, you will see the event. It's called Joy is in the Horizon. And what we're talking about in that workshop is four components. We're talking about how do we deal with feelings of rejection and abandonment? How do we tap into our inner child so we can discover what our needs are, what's valuable to us? How do we learn how to detach from others and truly live our own life? And finally, how do we start to repair? How do we repair our hearts? We repair our hearts as codependents and people pleasers by unlearning all those habits and all those mindsets and beliefs that told us not expressing how we felt kept us safe. They told us helping everybody else before we do things for ourselves will keep us loved. They told us in order for us to be loved, we have to literally exhaust ourselves. That's what we were taught. And all of those things are not true. They are not true. And I don't want you to continue to live in a situation where you feel like you have to always, always be there for other people, do for other people in order to be loved. Because that's not, that's not right. That's not right. And these are just some of the things that we really have to unlearn because they're not helping us. Um, they're hurting us. They're damaging us more than they are helping us. So I just wanted to drop that podcast, you know, today because I just got a revelation. I'm telling you, when I saw him, y'all, <laughs> I, I don't believe in you know, gossiping about people. And I forgot about that term. Um, I forgot what the term is called. Like when you just bash somebody, maybe that's it, bash. I really don't believe in doing that stuff because that stuff has been done to me by so many people so often. Um, but what I will say is <laughs> I just had to thank God I said, thank you, Jesus, because the person that used to want to be with somebody like that doesn't, doesn't even exist anymore. Like, I can't even tell you who I used to be. <laughs> like, 
it was just, it was crazy. And see, one thing that I do want to say about this situation for my females and for my men, so that you be on the lookout. This person came into my life when I was at the bottom of the bottom. I was 31 years old and I was still really trying to wrap my head around the fact like, okay, I'm depressed. Like, what does this mean? You know, when these, when these therapists and doctors tell you depressed, they don't really tell you how to cope with it. They pretty much just offer you medication. And in therapy, you just keep talking about how you're depressed and ways to cope with it. But they don't really tell you, like, the signs of, like, what it like what it truly is, you know what I'm saying? And depression is truly like a heavy blanket that you just learn to carry on your back. Like it just smothers you to the point where you just give up. And fighting it is so exhausting and every single day I was trying my best to get out of my funk and so some days you know I'll put my wig on crooked some days my socks be mismatched and underneath my you know nobody could see them because I had on my boots and stuff but it's you know, what I'm trying to paint a picture for you is I was truly going through it. Trying to get up, come to work, put a smile on my face, somewhat engage with people. It was just exhausting. And he came like this light. <laughs> like, I remember like one day I was just like, walking around, looking crazy, like I always do. And he just came and was kind and sweet and nurturing and saying all these great things. And I was just in a daze. I was just in amazement, like a man that looks this attractive wants to talk to me, anybody wants to talk to me he wants to help me because I had a core belief from childhood that told me I can't be worthy of a man's time because if I am then how come my dad isn't here that was my core belief that I'm just being transparent with you about and so from there, what happens is a core belief is like a small tumbleweed. And as it tumbles, it just gets bigger and bigger because it picks up all our environmental factors, all our experiences, and it perceives everything as the original belief that we had. So if men are trying to talk to me 
this doesn't add up because why doesn't my dad give me this attention? If men are attracted to me, this doesn't add up because I've never been told by my father or any other male figure that I'm in my family that I'm pretty and I'm deserving, right? Now, don't get me wrong. You know, there were sprinkles of, you know, I got older cousins, uncles, you know, even my, you know, even my dad, like people were telling me these things, but it was not consistent. There was no one consistent from birth to 18 telling me that I was getting gallons and gallons of love when, you know, from my dad, from like 20 all the way, all the way up to his passing. But it's like, by that time, it's already too late. The gallons and gallons of love actually need to be given between zero to five. And then again, from like 13 to 19. Those are like the peak adult ages because critical things are going on in both of those periods. From zero to five, a child is pretty much learning how to make it and relate to people in the world. They're learning what the world is all about. From 13 to 19, they're trying to build relationships with people and they getting cut down in school. You know, they're getting put down because they snag a tooth. You know, the hair ain't quite right. You know, the pants flooding. You know, you you don't have on no Air Force Ones. You got on some you know, some payless or whatever, you know, all these crazy things, right? That kids say to one another, all this stuff is happening. So that's when they need those gallons of love and you're special, you're beautiful, you're kind, you're loving, you know, you're amazing. That's that's where they need all those affirmations within those periods. And those were periods that I wasn't getting it. So by the time I was getting it, I already had a core belief that was telling me like, oh yeah, thanks. Like, thanks for the nice things, but I don't believe you. And of course I wasn't walking around telling people this, thanks, but I don't believe you. (laughs) Like, this was internal. You know, it was internal that I I just now can say. You know, it was an internal dialogue that was happening. And so when you make your list tonight or whenever you do it, I want you to think about you, right? I share my story so that you think about you. If you could create a list of what's valuable to you in relationships, what would that look like? What would be on that list? What are some things that you need? And of course, you have a invitation to join me at Joy is in the Horizon workshop, September 10th. I want you to go ahead and grab your tickets to meet me virtually, and we can go over your needs, right? In this workshop, the information that has given has helped so many people heal, and I want you to get these lessons. So, of course, you know I have a scripture, 
The scripture for today is Joshua 1 and 9, which is a reminder for us to be strong and courageous. And that's exactly what we need to be when we are walking on this journey. We need to be strong. We need to be courageous. We need to remind ourselves that God loves us and God is with us. And no matter what happens in this world, we are always going to be okay because God has us. He does. And you have you. And those two combinations, that's really all you need. So I want to close us out with a prayer, and I hope that you will pray with me. Either close your eyes if you can, um, or put your head down, and let's just close out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful to share another episode together, another moment in time together where we can be poured into, where we can really contemplate these things that we need to change by ourselves. Even though we are doing the healing work, Father, we know that you are the healer. And we ask that as we continue to grow, as we continue to make these necessary changes, that you continue to point out to us, you know, how happy you know, we will be when we finally get to that moment, how much joy we will have, how much joy we already have now by the fact that we're doing the work. Help us to remember, Father God, that we are loved. We are special because we are your children and we are not going to be fearful. We are going to boldly walk on our healing journey, knowing that whoever leaves is supposed to leave, knowing that you will do the adding in our life when you see fit, Lord, and help us to have strong hearts when subtraction is happening. Because we know that even subtraction, even though subtraction may happen, you know, these relationships are going to multiply in due time. When we know who we are, when we know our needs, and when we are in tune with ourselves. So Lord, we love you. We are just so grateful for you. And we thank you. Well, that is it. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening to the rest of this podcast um, up until the end. And I look forward to talking to you later. Bye.